Janice is still celebrating her 50th and had her bridesmaids over this weekend. Christine's with us here. And uh, uh, I was showing Christine, um, Bono and Eugene having that conversation in Eugene's home. And um, right at the end of it, there was this moment where I thought, there's the way into the sermon. That might actually be the sermon. We showed it here one Sunday back in time, Bono and the Eugene Peterson sharing, and they talk about the realism of the Psalms. They talk about the violence of the Psalms. And um, they come to near the end, and um, the guy who's doing it um, from Fuller University uh, um, says to Eugene, is there a way to read the Psalms, the violence and the non-violence of the Psalms? And Eugene takes that moment he always takes, and then he says, yes, the crucifixion. How do we read the violence of our world? Eugene says, yes, the crucifixion. And then he goes on to say, where there's violence, there's got to be some kind of response. Is it more violence or less? And then he looks up and he says, we have crosses in every room in this house. They're meeting in his home in Montana. We have crosses in every room in this house. And when I look at those, I don't think of decoration. I think that this is a world that we live in. And it's a world with a lot of crosses. And then he goes on, I would like to just spend my life doing something about that through preaching and friendship. But I don't want to escape the violence, he concludes. The violence of Syria this week and the American response. What do we say into that? The violence of Stockholm or another death as a result of what happened at Westminster. Violence in our own streets. How do we speak into that? Eugene says the crucifixion. What Francis just read to us earlier and then says, I want to live my life into the midst of all the crosses in Syria and Stockholm and South Sudan, which is close to where we are, and Onelaku and Belfast or wherever. I want to spend my life in preaching or friendship to do something about it. I think it was the year that Jonathan had us in the museum that it went a little bit chaotic in places. And we concluded after it wasn't that as close to the Easter story as we could get because from what Francis was reading to us there's a lot of chaos and a lot of characters and a lot of things going on in that story that we read Matthew's account of today there's almost everything of our world into yes one of our longer readings but less than one chapter And I love Chris's lines, we rifled Christmas for some spare change, shook and scattered lights and bells, remade your image with a price tag 
sold the gold and swam in the mirror. Just before where Francis read, Judas does just that. Greed and financial gain, remaking Jesus in a price tag, Judas sells his soul. And then Chris goes on in that verse, made coats of comfort from your grave clothes to guard against the winter cold, barricaded heaven with convention were the saddest story ever told. Barricading heaven with convention. Is that not what the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious leaders were doing right in the middle of this story? Barricading the word made flesh, heaven on earth, right in their midst with their conventions and their traditions and how this is in some way going against the technicalities of the faith. And I couldn't help but linking that this week, certainly the, 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 the greed part of it or the commercial part of it or Judas's part of it with Christians getting up a day about an Easter egg hunt becoming an egg hunt. There must be other things to protest against, I was thinking. And why were we not protesting that this story that is so precious to us has been commercialized by eggs rather than complaining when it's been decommercialized on the egg. But here we are in this story with a world of messy money, a place of corrupt power, a place of religious oppression, a place of violence and death. And what is the response? He's right there in the middle. Jesus is the response to all the stuff that's going on in his story. And of course for Matthew, if we go back to chapter 1 and verse 21, this is what the whole arc of his story has been about. She will give birth to a son, the angel told Joseph, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from his sin. Here it comes. If you can mix your drinks, rather your gospels, which isn't easy because all the gospel writers had different editorial aims, but if you want to mix your gospels, then behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But more than that, surely if we cross fertilize it, if we like, with John, the word became flesh and dwelt right in the middle of the violence. Because sometimes... Lots of these characters, we said that it would be great if we could lose the familiarity with it. But some of these characters get lost in it. And I think actually the two rebels get a bit lost, except when we want to preach about one of them responding to Jesus and the other not responding to Jesus. But actually Jesus is dying. If the only part of the story is the cross, then Jesus is dying in the midst of the violence of the world around him. The word became flesh and moved into the violence. And of course, the sin of the world is taken away as the curtain is torn in two. And as Leonard Cohen puts it, when the Prince of Peace was hanging from his final tree, he looked down at the people looking up at him and he saw faces of anger, 
envy, regret, despair, melancholy, animosity, and hatred. He looked down at them, and he felt a lever thrown in the universe, and he knew that nothing would ever be the same again. Because when the word became flesh and moved into this particular neighborhood of Jerusalem on this particular week and day and hours, the lever was shifted. The curtain was torn. And Jesus gave himself for the world, for all the injustices in Syria and Stockholm and South Sudan and Belfast and the ones that impact me or you when the insults are thrown at us as they were thrown at Jesus. And Pilate's wife had a dream. And in researching this yesterday, I discovered that a few years ago I told you about the minister's wife having a dream. I'd forgotten about it, so I'm not reckoning you remember. But Janice woke up one morning saying that she was being forced to marry somebody else. And that she knew it wasn't right when she went to where they were getting married. And all around the front of the building, there was photographs of the one that she was getting married to. He had put himself in that place where it was all about him. And the Bible's all about Pharaoh or Nebuchadnezzar or Herod or Caesar or Pilate or Caiaphas or Judas or Peter or the thieves on the cross beside Jesus. They're all about themselves. They're all the ones who would have pictures of themselves up because they're all trying to save each other, or themselves rather. They're all trying to be the center of the story. They're all trying to manipulate the story from their place. Particularly Pilate under Caesar and the religious leaders under the oppression that's barricading heaven by convention. But Jesus in the story, Jesus in the story is not about himself at any stage of the story. Jesus is about Syria, Stockholm, and South Sudan, and Belfast, and us, and me. And so that's why he, being in very nature God, does not consider equality something to be grasped, but makes himself nothing. And being humbled as a human, he becomes obedient to death, even death on a cross. And as I've repeated since the Four Corners Festival, Trevor Morrow's exegesis of this, where we see Jesus taking the sacrifice on himself for his enemies, then we're called to be the word made flesh in the middle of the violence of our world, whether it's Syria, Stockholm, 
South Sudan or Belfast or wherever it is. Redeemed by this moment when the Lamb of God took away the sin of the world. But redeemed by this moment so as we would be redeemers. Following him into those places. Easter week. Easter week. Let's hear it afresh. What it means as the Son of God comes to embrace us in his love. And what it means when the Son of God comes to collide with the way we're living our lives. Remaking him as a price tag. Wrapping his grave clothes around us for comfort. No. Walking into the midst of the violent world that we live in as Eugene Peterson wants to do, to bring the redemption to others that we have found in Christ. Let us pray together. Lord, as we have heard Francis read these words to us, And we think of Jesus in the midst of it. It's torturous and challenging. And then if we flip to those verses we've quoted from Philippians 2. They start with those even more challenging words. Let your minds be the same as Christ Jesus. Who became flesh. And moved in among the violence to sacrifice his life for the serving of others. This Easter time, may we follow Jesus through very difficult, difficult chapters. And as we praise him for the sacrifice he has made for us. May we also hear the call to deny self, take up our cross, and follow him into a world full of crosses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.